Good morning. You may be seated. As we come together today, the first announcement I need to make for you all um, is a somber one. I'm sure many of you have heard by now, but Pat asked um, me to share with you this morning um, that Neil passed away Friday evening um, peacefully um, here in the Danville Hospital. Um, his memorial service will be here Tuesday at 2 p.m., um, and she will be receiving visitors um, starting at 1 p.m. before that. Um, so I know that Pat appreciates your prayers um, this week and, and all of you all's love um, that you guys have shown her um, the last couple weeks as Neil has been in the hospital. Um, other announcements that we make um, on more thankful news, um, Linda George and Gail Garrison both asked me to pass along um, to you all how appreciative um, they and their spouses are of all the cards and all the love they've been getting as they have um, respectively been in Riverside and Roman Eagle um, in rehab. So please continue to send them your love um, and your thoughts, and those are appreciated. Even if you don't hear back is what they make sure to say. Even if you don't hear back, know that they're getting them and they, they appreciate your love. Um, and on that, I would like to offer my own appreciation through the month of October for all the love you all showered on me. Um, and I promise I am working through thank you notes um, in the course of all my spare minutes. <laughs> um, but I wanted to offer that before we got too far away from October, that I also appreciate your love. Um, other announcements. There is quite a lot happening. So if you will look at your um, announcements page in your bulletin, um, there are two meetings coming up in the next two weeks. Um, the first is tomorrow um, when the SPRC committee will meet, um, and then on the 18th, the finance committee is meeting. Um, you can go ahead and look through the other ones. The insert in your bulletin um, has to do with us trying to update contact info um, and, and make sure that we have the most up-to-date info. Um, these members who are listed here, we are not sure if we have their current address. Um, and so if you look at your up-to-date membership bulletin and you know that somebody's address is wrong and you have a better one, if you could send that address um, to myself, so and probably myself right now, um, so that we can make sure to update that information. That was quite a lot, but are there other announcements? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. No lunch bunch this Tuesday. Um, I assume because of the memorial service. Any others that we, any other announcements? All right, well then let us begin our time of worship together as we stand and join in our call to worship. Will you rise? We come with joy to the celebration of God's love. We come with hope to this witness to God's power. We come with a willingness to proclaim God's presence to all. Amen. And let us now join in prayer. Faithful God, you have continued to love your people despite our faithlessness to you. Receive our thanks for never giving up on us. Be present with us as we worship you now, that we may come to perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Amen. If you are able, please remain standing as we um, join together in song and worship um, with Oh How I Love Jesus. Sounds like years 
We continue in worship as we sing together now the love of God. This is love day. Let us pray. Father, we come to you today, many of us, with heavy hearts, Lord. This is a tough week for us. 
Um, but you know that, God, and you are here with us, and you grieve with us, and we come trusting in your love, God. We come today to know that we are loved, to know that your presence is here with us, and to know that through all, your love endures. And so we give ourselves over to you now, God, in worship. We ask that you would accept our offerings, both of praise and those that we give you now, God. Would you use them to multiply your love to the world so that others who are in pain, others who are grieving, Lord, others who are in need of hearing the message that they are loved by the Most High God might come to know the precious name of Jesus Christ. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. This song is He Loves Me, and when, uh, when I'm singing me, it's, you should be, you're the one that's singing this song. Me means each one of you individually.
may be seated. As we come to a time where we're lifting up praises and prayers before the Lord, um, I would like to offer a praise tomorrow being Veterans Day um, for all those veterans, um, both in our midst and, and those in the community, um, all of our veterans and their families. Um, I know we offer thanks to God for them. Are there other praises that we lift up today? Billy, if you can't hear him, says thank you for all of the birthday well wishes from the balcony. <laughs> Are there other praises we lift up today? Yes, Damien. So we offer... <laughs> well, we'll also be offering. <laughs> we praise God for all the birthdays we have going on. Uh, yep, we thank God for the change in the seasons um, because we know that his will and new good things come with the change in the seasons, but so do some aches and pains I know in our bodies. And so um, it is, we offer thanks that each and every one of us made it here this morning in the cold weather. Yes, Eric. Our close family friend, her name is Gigi Tomito, um, and she's 16, and she's getting baptized today. Um, so I know that Eric's family has all traveled over to her church and everything to watch. So we offer up that praise. Yes. We keep Elizabeth in our prayers. Um, she did have a fall this weekend, um, but she is all right. And we keep her daughter, Betty, in our prayers as well. Um, she's been um, taken, transferred down to Duke. Um, yes. We'll remember Julie. Um, yes, for Vicki Johnson. Yes, we'll remember Vicki. I'll read those others that you all have written here, um, and then we'll share more prayer, prayer concerns. Um, for Jerome Cook, Todd Cook, Bill Dyer, Gail Garrison, Barbara Lee, Dolly Lewis, for Elizabeth LaPointe, Chris Farmer, Vicki Cassell, Billy DeMock, for the Coleman family, the Patterson family, for Charles and Kevin, Bobby Scarce, Landa James, Tara Morlock, for Jula Hedrick, Pat Hancock, um, and Betty Twizzleton, um, and prayers for traveling mercies as well. I know we have quite a few families um, traveling this week. Um, we pray for the Sullivan family as well. Um, David has asked me to share, David Patterson, um, I realize we've been talking this week that I have to be specific with my first and last name. So David Patterson has asked me to share this morning with you all um, that since, um, let's see, Thursday morning it is, um, they have been anticipating Melanie's passing. Um, they had given her 24 hours on Thursday, um, and they are still waiting for her um, to pass. But if you would be in prayer um, for their family as well, um, for David and Kathy and um, and, and all of them, um, it's taking a toll on them this weekend physically and, and emotionally to wait for her. Um, are there others that we lift up in prayer today? Jason. Lift up Jason Scares and Traveling Mercies from Europe. 
other So we pray for this community, right? We need God's guidance. We need God's presence here. Um, we need God's spirit for us to continue to be faithful Christians despite all of the trials. Um, so for grace design, absolutely. It is always good. Sometimes I think we don't think we should be praying for ourselves, right? We tend not to lift ourselves up in prayer. Our neighbor has to in the pew. Um, we feel like it's wrong to ask for prayers for ourselves. Um, but I think it's the most humble, faithful thing we can do to recognize that all of us need prayer. Are there any others that we lift up today? For politics. Mm-hmm. Thank you. For Jack Barkley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not just give praise for them, but continue to pray for our uh, military who are serving overseas or serving here at home. Any other pray- prayers? that we lift up, or praises, sure, if we missed one of those. Well, then let us go to the Lord in prayer. Hmm. Heavenly Father, we come to you today as your beloved children. We come to you because your ways are higher than ours, God. Your knowledge is greater than ours. Um, Your love far surpasses ours, so that even... When our love fails, your love has remained steadfast. Your love continues to hold us, continues to guide us. Um, And we come in in need of your love and your guidance today. Um, Because, Father, we confess that um, this is a hard time in the life of this community. Um, Lord, it's a hard time in the life of many of us individually, um, in the lives of our families. Um, And while there is still great rejoicing, God, while we still see your many blessings poured out, while we still see the way your spirit is working, um, Lord, it is trying on our spirits to face trial after trial. And we confess that to you now, and we ask for your forgiveness where we have failed to be your children, where we have failed to shine your light to the world, Lord. We need your forgiveness, and we ask that you would strengthen in us our faith so that we might Um, ever grow closer to your image. Today, God, we lift up in prayer those that we have named before you and before one another, and we lift up those that we name now quietly in our hearts. Lord, only you know each one's pain and suffering. Only you um, know each one's body and soul. And so we pray to you, their creator, their redeemer, their sustainer, Um, that you might do just those things, that you might bring about abundant life, that you would pour out your spirit, that you would grant wisdom and knowledge where hard choices are to be made. Lord, that you would grant peace where acceptance needs to be. And Lord, that you might grant um, healing and life where there is sickness and death. Lord, we also pray today for ourselves, for this community, for this church that we call a family. Lord, you have pulled us together. You have Um, made us into just that through your great love and through your salvation we have come to be brothers and sisters Um, and so we lean into you our heavenly father now um, asking for your strength asking for your wisdom open our eyes to see your work more clearly Um, give us a path to walk on lord god make our hearts willing and ready to serve you so that we um, can spread your kingdom spread your gospel um, and may grow this family and the great love that you have placed here. We pray also today, God, for this country, for our military um, who serve it. May you put up around them a hedge of protection. May you give their families peace, God, um, and comfort. And may they know that no matter where they are, they are never alone when they are carried by your mighty hand. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We have um, two scripture lessons today. The first one comes from the book of Hosea, which if you were following 
along in your pew Bibles and you like to do that, um, the book of Hosea is just right after Daniel. Because um, I imagine a lot of us don't spend a lot of time flipping to Hosea. Um, so the first reading comes from the book of Hosea, chapter 11, um, verses 1 through 9. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went away from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I that taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness and bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheek. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to turn to me. The sword rages in their cities, it consumes their oracle priests, it devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the most high they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zebium? My heart recoils within me, my compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. Our second reading today is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 14. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we need your mighty presence in this place. We need to hear a word from you today, God, be it a word of comfort, a word of correction, or just simply a word of assurance. So, Father, we pray that you would take these words that um, I have prepared with the guidance of your spirit and that you would use them to touch all of our hearts, that we might be strengthened to your will this week. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know it, and you can see the love written throughout as God talks about his family, that God loves us, um, just like we love our own families, you know. Um, my own family right now is in a stage of life where we're spending a lot of time looking at photo albums. And I don't know if you've ever been in one of those with your family. It can be caused by all sorts of things, um, whether great blessings or sometimes great loss and tragedy can cause us to open them back up and look back at all those beloved memories. Um, with our wedding this year, um, Eric and I are now looking through photos, trying to pull together an album for ourselves so that we might have those memories to cherish for years to come. And as we do this, my parents have brought out their own photo albums so that they can reminisce about their wedding. Um, which happened, you know, more than three decades before Eric and I's. And yet they pour into those photos with just as much love and excitement as Eric and I still do. We also have the new baby. You guys know Emma Grace. And so with her being around, and she's now, goodness, six weeks old, we're pulling up everybody else's baby photos to see who does she look the most like. Where did she get those ears from? Does she have earlobes? Does she not? Why does she have such long fingers and toes? And I proudly mention that because they're my long fingers and toes. <laughs> we want to look through all the photos. We want to remember these moments. We want to connect our family together. Photos can capture for us the best beautiful moments in our lives. They put into a single book if you guys are organized and put them together in an album. If not, they put together in a single shoebox. 
all of the love that our years of family have contained. So that when you open up that book or when you pull that box out of the closet and you start passing those photos around, you can dive right back into those moments and feel that same love welling up in your heart. Sometimes, though, if you take enough photos, you're bound to get a picture of a not-so-great moment. And maybe your mind immediately goes to one or two of your own family photos. <laughs> one of my favorite photos of our family is my, of my brother when he's little and he's sitting in the tub, you know, naked. And, and my mom went to capture this moment in a photo. But across the photo, there's this blur of color, which if you know the story, you know, right when she went to take the photo, my brother chucked a bath toy at her. And it's frozen forever, his little moment of insolence there in the photo. While photos record for us the love of our family, sometimes they capture those moments that aren't our best. One of my mother's fam favorite family photos is of one of those moments for me. I'm also a small child. I'm sitting in their bathroom, and I had decided at about two years old that I wanted to do my makeup like my mommy did. And so there I am with my face just covered in mascara and lipstick all over it. And my mother came in, starts laughing hysterically, and pulls out her camera, which of course upsets me because this is not the look I was going for. And so I've started bawling. I don't want this moment recorded. And all my tears have the mascara running down my face, just like, you know, a woman who's been broken up with or something. I just have it running down my face. It's still not one of my favorite family photos, but my mom loves it because it records for her those moments of growth, those moments of learning, those moments of change that make our family. When we read today's chapter in Hosea, it's like we're sitting down next to God as God opens up his family photo album. Look at my son Israel. God coos it. Look at my son Israel. He has so much pride. Look at this one. Do you see this one of my son Israel? This is when he was all so sordid. He got stuck in Egypt. Like our kids might get stuck up in a tree. And God glows as he tells you, remember how I had to go and get him out. God has a little bit of a smile on his face. Oh, Israel was so young. Still so much to learn. But then as God continues flipping through the photo album, he gets to those photos of the teenage years. Oh, his heart starts to break. Just remembering those years. The more I love them, God says, the more I love them. It seems like the more they ran away from me. All those years, all those years, I took my children and I taught them how to walk. And I kissed their scraped knees when they fell down. And I lifted them up and I cuddled them into my cheek. I fed them when they were hungry. I thought all that meant something. I thought we were real close. Now that they're teenagers, I'm the enemy. All of a sudden, they've forgotten the love that we have. And they're going off, running around other places. Then God gets to some of those less pleasant photos. The ones of the teaching moments. The ones that capture your children in their worst times. These were some bad times, God tells you, as you look at the photos together. My children made bad choices. They hurt those that are around them. And because I love my other children too, I had to punish them because they were hurting one another. I had to stop all the evil they were doing. This is the time that I bound them up with cords of kindness and with ties of love. 
but they pressed against my guidance. Oh, how they cried out as if they thought I was going to kill them. They thought my kindness and my love that I had wrapped them up with was chafing against their skin. They thought that the cords and the ties of my kindness and love were the shackles and chains of their slavery. They did not realize that it was I that brought them out of slavery. They did not realize it was these very cords and ties that had led them into their freedom. They fought against my love so hard. But still, as you sit there with God and you look at all these photos of the family of God together, it makes an album. It's not just those bad ones. It's not just when his children are pressing against the ties of love. It's the whole story of the family growing, the good times and the tough times. It's a family built on love. This image of the family is the primary focus of the whole book of Hosea. Some of you might be familiar with this prophet, but if you are not, it is worth knowing his story. All we know about Hosea the prophet comes in this little book. Unlike many of the other prophets, we don't learn more about his story from other books of the Bible. We do know that Hosea is a man living in the northern kingdom. And you might remember from the last two weeks that the 12 tribes of Israel are still separated between Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Hosea's life starts in that northern kingdom. And he's living in a time of when he's born of relative peace and political prosperity. Things are going okay. But the problem is there's still a lot of idolatry, like we talked about last week. But... As Hosea's life continues, political unrest starts stirring up. By the time he dies, the northern kingdom of Israel will have come to an end, and they will be carried off into exile. And so that's how much, in one man's lifetime, the whole political context changes. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of political coups, in the midst of idolatry, and in the midst of foreign forces trying to prevail over God's people, God looks at Hosea and asks that his very life would be a testimony to the loyalty of God. What do I mean by this? How could his very life be a testimony to God's loyalty? Surely, as a prophet, it's the words he's speaking, right, that say something to the people. Like Isaiah or Jeremiah, his words convict and turn back. Or maybe he's like Elijah, who last week, his actions as he called down God's fire on, on the altar. Maybe it's Hosea's actions, right, that testify to God? Nope, you heard me right. God asks Hosea's witness to be his life. Hosea, he's asked to marry a woman named Gomer. She's of questionable moral character. Gomer regularly leaves Hosea to um, take up business transactions with other men. And yet time and time again, Hosea will go and seek her out. He will take her out of the bed she's in. He will wash her off. He will clean her up. And he will bring her back to her true home where she is loved. As if this is not enough that his wife is behaving this way, the children that Hosea raises are living sermons that testify to the loyalty of God. The first child that is born to both Hosea and Gomer, is a boy. And God says, name him Jezreel, because I will take my wrath out for the people's actions at Jezreel. You see, Jezreel is the name of a place, a place in the kingdom where the people had committed a political coup and they had shed all of this blood. And so Jezreel's name becomes a prophecy that God will judge Israel for their needless bloodshed. Then Hosea raises two more children. Notice I say he raises them. The Bible's pretty clear that Gomer's next two children don't belong to Hosea. Born out of her idolatry, Hosea names these two children not pitied and not my people. That's their names. All three children 
bear these terrible, terrible names that speak of the brokenness of the people of God who have gone astray and who earnestly deserve the wrath of God. Hosea's very life, his marriage, his children, his actions day in and day out as he tries to love this unlovable family, witness to God's own faithful love in the midst of our disobedience. I want to stop here because I think this in and of itself could be the sermon. Hosea's life witnesses to the great love and loyalty of God. Hosea's life challenges us to think about the way that we live our own lives. Can we honestly say that every moment of our lives testifies to the unfailing, unwavering loyalty of God? Can we honestly say, just even in the last 24 hours, think back, can we say that every word we said, every interaction we had, every choice we made was one made thinking about the love and the loyalty of God? If we took that single moment, would that witness to the gospel? Can we say that we have forgiven that person again, that one person who wrongs us every week? Can we say we have forgiven them again? Because that is what God's forgiveness does to us. Can we say that we are raising our families in ways that point towards the love of God's own family? Can we say every choice we make, from the songs we play, to the names we give our children, to the way that we hold ourselves and we walk on the street, to the love that we choose to show strangers and friends and family, can we say that every one of those choices is a prophetic witness of the love of the gospel to a wayward world. If we are living like Hosea, we don't ever have to get on a soapbox on the side of the street and mic ourselves up and take the megaphone and declare the gospel. Because the very way that we live should proclaim far louder than any words that we have ever said, that the love of God is real, and we have experienced it, and so can you. By the way we live as Christians, it should be abundantly clear that we are living for the love of God. By the way we live, it should be abundantly clear that we live for forgiveness, for justice, for peace. By the way we live, it should be clear that we are living for God. And church, I do mean for God, not against sin. Because we live in a world that is against a lot of things. We live in a world that is against hate, against injustice, against abortion, against tax increases, perhaps against long sermons, in which case I apologize. But as the people of God, we are called to live lives that are different than the world. We are called to say that in a world that is against so many things, we are for something. We are for someone. We are for Jesus Christ. And as people who are for Jesus, we are to be for love, for justice, for life, for caring for the poor, for being the hands and feet of God, for Jesus Christ. And being for something means actively working to see it happen, not just passively resisting the alternative. Let me warn you, this will not be easy. Can you imagine Hosea's life? Think about it for a second. Can you imagine loving a family, loving a spouse who has no desire to love you back? Maybe some of you can. Can you imagine being Hosea's kids? whose very names bear the weight of their father's call to witness to the world. Can you imagine walking around with that hanging over your head? Because brothers and sisters with the name Christian walking around with you, you should feel the weight of that call. Talk about being a pastor's kid, right? Living every single moment as if your name 
testifies to God. Do you remember when Christ said, so you want to follow me? It will not be easy, he said. It will not be easy. I am about to drink from the cup of suffering, our Lord said. I am going to be crucified. And as much as the world hates me, oh boy, they will hate you too. You will be asked to suffer. After all, my dear brothers and sisters, isn't that what God's self-sacrificial love has done for us? What is it that the Bible say? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he took his life and brought it here to us. For God so loved the world that every moment, every moment from his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection is a witness to the love of God. The love that is in action. Can we live like this? Can we live like Hosea? Can we live like Christ? The good news is, my dear brothers and sisters, we are not asked to do this on our own. Praise God. Christ left with us his spirit, which he calls his advocate, that we may be emboldened by God's own love so that we know how to love others, so that we can find it in our hearts when our own human ones are shriveled up and dead and want nothing to do with that other person. He has given us the spirit of God that we might give them God's love when ours fails. And it is because of God's own love, the love of his family, that Hosea is also enabled to love that wife Gomer back, to love those children that do not belong to him. By the end of chapter 2, just two chapters in, God prophesies about his great love and mercy for his children by giving Gomer's children new names. Jezreel keeps his name, but you remember, instead of a prophetic witness of God's judgment, God says, call him Jezreel. Because Jezreel means God sows. And God promises, I will sow my spirit back into my children. And God says, you remember not pitied? Call her pitied. Because I love these people. And you know, not my people? Call that child, you are my people. Because no matter what they do, I love them, and I am their parent. All of the children of God declare at the end of that, you are my God. All of the children of God have their eyes opened to see clearly that no matter what they do, the Father loves them. Yes, even though the children go astray, even though some of those photos are of mm, some bad moments, they know that the Father still loves them. God's great love for his family pulls the whole thing back together until all the children come once more to the Heavenly Father. We are asked to live lives that testify to that, to testify to what we feel each and every day when we turn back to our Father, to testify that because of God's great love, we have been called children. It does not matter what you have done. I hear this all the time. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what I've done. I can't be loved. Frankly, I've felt this. But it does not matter. You may think that God is angry at you right now. And guess what? If you think that, you're probably right. That's your conscience working. And God does have a righteous anger. God does say in the 11th chapter of Hosea that I am angry, God says. God is our parent. And think about it, parents. When one of your children hurts the other, you are angry. You are angry. And that is what our sin does. Our sin hurts the other children of God. Our sin hurts ourselves. So yes, our parent is going to get angry. Our father is going to have righteous anger. But the love of God is where that comes from. The love of God far exceeds any amount of sin that we could ever commit. The love of God stretches beyond 
what we are due. The love of God is his great mercy for us. And we know, as the Bible declares for us, that God's mercy is over all of his works. All of his works. That means even the works that have the roughest edges. right? Even you works who think that you are unlovable. Even me as a work, the days I don't deserve love. I am a work of God. And God's mercy is over all of his works. God's mercy is over you. God's mercy is over me. And God's love is drawing us back into the family. Like any family. Like we as a family. No. Right now. Families are going to have hard times. Families are going to have trials. Families are going to have times where we are asked to learn and grow. Families are going to have times where we grieve. Families are going to have times where we have to be taught and corrected so that we stop hurting others around us. We're going to have times when God takes out those cords of human kindness and those bonds of love and he wraps us up in them. And at those times, we're going to feel like those cords, they burn against our skin. We are going to feel like those bonds are chafing against our wrists. It can feel as if God is going to imprison us and shackle us in his chains. We are going to kick and fight against God's loving arms. Because frankly, that's what children do, right? We don't know what's best for us. And so sometimes, God's guidance, God's cords of kindness, are going to feel like bonds leading us into places we don't want to go. We cannot see where God is leading this family. And because we can't see that, we're going to fight at every turn. We shouldn't, but we do. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to turn to other guidance, right? Other guidance other than God. Idols that guide us to pastures we like better even if they're not the greenest pastures. We are going to turn to other, other guidance, other idols that will take us by waters that are closer, even if they're not still waters. We are children who do not know the best for us, and we're going to fight against the good shepherd trying to lead us. But even when we do this, even when we do this, God loves us still. More than any earthly family we could imagine, God's family is a family of love. It is love that led God to create us. It is love that sustains the very breath in our lungs. It is love that woke you up this morning. It is love that sent Christ to this earth to become like us. It is love that compelled him to what? To empty himself, to humble himself. It is love that compelled him to die for us. It is love that raised him to new life. And it is love that takes you when you are dead in sin. It is love that takes me when I am dead in sin. And it is love that raises us to eternal life when we are dead, dead in the grave. Do not be deceived by the lies of the world, by the hate of the enemy, which echoes all around us. The world tells us that our relationships are too broken to be mended. The world tells us that we are too broken to be mended or loved. The world tells us that our neighbors, they are too messed up and broken for us to bother trying to love them. Do not have your hearts deceived. God's love conquers all. God's love restores all. God's love will restore broken relationships. God's love will restore your broken heart. And God's love certainly is big enough to restore the brokenness of our neighbors. So go, church. Go and live like Hosea. Go and live like Jesus Christ, your Savior, the pioneer of your faith. Go and live like you have experienced the love of God, your Father. Go and live like you are a child who bears the name Christian. Go and live and witness with your very life that there is love, love beyond measure in the Father. Go and live in love with God and in love with one another. Amen. 
as we close our time of worship together today, we will be singing the closing hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And I know that this is a hymn that for many of us brings up a lot of, a lot of memories. It is a hymn that when we sing it, we are going to dive into the memories of this family and remember some good times and some bad times. And so know that you, my dear beloved, are the family of God and that God is looking through these memories with us as well. So will you stand as we worship and sing, It Is Well With My Soul. So And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.